All right, we're going to uh, be continuing our series here, Tales of the Kingdom, and uh, we're going to be talking about a very interesting subject uh, this morning called Judging and Asking. And, oh, yeah. So, ooh. <laughs> if, if, if your finger goes up and you walk out the door, you know, I understand. Uh, but judging and asking, this is something that we all need to hear because we all are in this place of of learning and growing and developing in Christ. And so it's a, it's a good message, and Christ's words are always good for us. They always build us up and not tear us down. So we'll be coming from uh, Matthew chapter 7. You can go ahead and get that in your Bible, your, your iPhone, your iPad, on your eyeglasses, whatever it is that you, you need. Uh, please go ahead and find that. Matthew chapter 7. And this uh, portion of the scripture really comes in the middle of, um, sort of in the middle of where Jesus was uh, preaching on the mount. Or it actually comes to the end as Jesus was doing his sermon on the mount. And uh, chapter 5, 6, and 7 really are, um, encompasses Jesus' sermon on the mount. So there's a whole lot of subjects that Jesus covered on the mount as he was preaching, um, giving his sermon to the disciples and to the people. And we, we see here that in this, it covers lessons on murder, adultery, divorce, making oaths, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, um, loving your enemies, and of course, the, the well-known Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, and what we call the golden rule, do unto others as you want others to do unto you. It covers a, a vast of, of lessons. And so we're going to look at what Jesus is saying about judging and asking, and I was real curious why Matthew, you know, why asking follows the judging. I said, you know, what what is the tie-in to that? How does that make sense? We're talking about judging, and then you're talking about asking. Well, hopefully, we'll we'll get some clarification on that as we, as we go through here and see what the importance is on asking following judging. All right, so let's go to Matthew chapter seven, verse one, and this first. Um, Subject here in, in this passage of scripture is our is a principle. And remember, these are kingdom principles that Jesus is teaching us. It's, it's precedence that he has taught uh, and that the word has taught, that Moses has taught and that the prophets had, had taught. And you know that's obvious because in many of these readings, Jesus says, you have heard, or he says, it has been said before. So that gives us the indication that this is, in, this is not anything new that's being um, um, written or being preached. Sorry, let's look at it. Uh, principles of self-examination. That's our first subject here. The principle of self-examination. Verse 1. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite? First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to, to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Mm, amen. All right. Jesus opens up in this, do not judge or you too will be judged. 
Okay? So we look at that, and the first thing that we come to is that, oh, I'm not supposed to judge. Huh. I'm just supposed to be even killed, just let everything go. I'm not supposed to speak about anything. If I don't like it, I just got to just let it roll right off my back. I can't judge, you know. Yes, it says do not judge, so you won't be judged. So what Jesus really is teaching us here, he's not saying when it comes to issues that are wrong or that are against the rules, that are against, uh, um, that, are, that are wrong and sinful, that we are not supposed to speak up. Okay, that listen, the saints, Paul said the saints will judge the world. All right, so there is a time and a place where we have to stand as judges in situations, whether it's political things, whether it's church things, sin versus right, we have to stand as judges. What Jesus is teaching us here is don't be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were judges but weren't living the life themselves, meaning they were not doing self-examinations. Now, our doctors will tell men and they will tell women both, self-examinations are important, right? They can save your life. They can keep you healthy. They can catch something before it advances too far. So it's the same in the spiritual life. We must have self-examinations. Look at myself first before I try to judge someone else. Examine my own life. Where am I standing? Am I firm? Am I, uh, 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 am I transparent? Am I honest with God? Am I allowing God to fix me up before I try to go fix someone else up? It's easy to see the speck in other people's eye and not see what's in your eye. It's easy to judge people when they're doing, when they have fallen off the wagon or when they have done something wrong and you don't realize that you never were on the wagon in the first place. It's easy to see that. But when you have the plank in your eye, you cannot see clearly. How can you get the speck out of your eye? Now, speck is a little thing, a little tiny thing. I had one in my eye and I think I still have it there. Um, and it's a, it's a clear little thing. There's a, a medical word for it, but I cannot pronounce it. I'm not even going to try. It is a little clear thing that's right by my eyeball, and it feels like there's something in my eye. And I, I can't even, when it's bothering me, I can't even walk to the bathroom right without holding on to things because it's in my eye, and it, and, and it keeps me from seeing. So I can imagine if I had a plank in my eye. A speck causes me to not be able to find my direction. But imagine what a plank would. My wife didn't even know I had the speck. But if I had a plank in my eye, she would know that. Because I'd bash her in the head every morning with it, <laughs> right? But a speck. So what we do and what this says, the comparison of a speck and a plank is that your problem is always bigger than what you, you think other people's problem is big, but it's really your problem. Your problem is, what's, is the big problem because we think others, we think others are worse than us. Oh, they're more sinful than I am. Oh, they're more wrong than I am. Oh, they're more hateful than I am. Oh, they're whatever it is, realizing that you're walking around with a bigger thing in your eye. How can you help someone when you can't even see clearly? Jesus told us about the blind. He said, how can the blind lead the blind? Well, they cannot because they both will fall into the ditch. You can't, if you have a weak car battery, you have no business stopping on the side of the road to try to help somebody else with their weak battery. <laughs> what will happen? You both will be stranded on the side of the road. 
So go and get your new battery, get you a good battery so that you're able to help other people. Stop putting around with your dead battery, trying to help everybody in sight because you're running all the juice out of you. First, examine your life. Where do you stand in Christ? Have you been confessing your sin? And Christ didn't say don't judge. He just said if you do, be ready to be judged. If you like to tell people things, be ready for somebody to tell you something. If you like to be bossy, then look to be bossed. <laughs> right? Yeah. If you, listen, the same measure that you use is going to be used for you. Again, Jesus didn't say don't take the speck out of your brother's eye. He just said make sure you get the plank out of your eye first. Then, see, we always think that, oh, the Lord will say, oh, I, I should leave that speck alone. I'll just let that speck stay in their eye. No, go and look in the mirror and say, Lord, am I in the place, am I in the place of good correction that I can go and I can help my brother out, get the plank out, and then you can see clearly. And that's what he says, then you will see clearly. That's what he says. He says, then you will, not you might see clearly, you will see clearly to get the speck out of your brother's eye. So, again, it's okay to judge. Just make sure you're standing in the right place to judge. You don't have to keep quiet. If you know something, if you're at work and something is not right, somebody's cheating, you know that, and they're manipulating the, the system and da-da-da, and, and you see it, and something in you saying, oh, I should say something about this, but I don't want to judge them. It's really not judging. If something's so obvious, are you really judging? You're just calling it out. Right? Amen. Just calling it out. It's calling out. We don't judge. And, and, and what Christ doesn't want us to do is get caught up in judging people's character and their motives. Because you just, you don't know. We all make mistakes. We all fall down. We all have things that we're working on. We all have some character flaws. Hey, don't judge their character. Don't judge their motive. You don't know their heart. Only God does. But what we do judge is their attitude and their actions. Because those are obvious, what you're doing and the condition that you do it in, the mentality that you do it in, their actions and their attitudes. Leave their character and their motives alone because that's between them and God. So if you don't want to be judged, then don't judge. If you have a plank in your eye, sit down somewhere and get the plank out of your eye. Then get up and go get the speck out of your brother's eye because you won't see clearly and you might just poke them in the wrong eye <laughs> right sometimes we hurt people when we're trying to help them sometimes we hurt people worse when we're not standing in a place of judgment of, of good judgment we hurt them worse and they never want to come to church again because you poked them in the wrong eye you got to, you tried to get a speck out of their eye and all along you were pulling at their light their um, eyeball all right Make sure you can see clearly. Then you'll be able to do it. All right? Self-examination. So make sure you self-examine yourself. How do you do that? Use the word. Prayer. Confess. Be honest with God. All right? A second portion of Scripture covers the principle of persistence. The principle of persistence. Being persistent. What does that mean? It means not stopping because you have a roadblock, not stopping because you have an obstacle, but being persistent, going after it, going after it. 
verses 7, verse 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Hey, the principle of persistence. Ask, and it will be given to you. Now, ask. Ask. That's an easy one, isn't it? Ask. That means if I ask God anything, he will do it. Now, what it says? Ask, and it will be given. Well, there's a key here. Jesus told us, the Lord's Prayer, he told us, remember the disciple says, how should we pray? How do we pray? And Jesus taught him, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. That's the key right there. Thy will be done. Okay? So when we pray, when we ask God things, we're not just asking him based on all the wild imaginations that are in our heart that we want. See? God, I'm going to ask, I'm, I, Lord, I want a, I want a seven-bedroom house, Lord. I'm asking for it. You said ask, and it shall be given. Hey, No. If we ask in Christ's name, meaning we are asking by the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. We are asking that God will be glorified. Jesus said, ask anything, and I will do it, that the Father be glorified. So the key is, is not to just fulfill your wishes is not for you to treat Jesus as a genie in a bottle. It's for you to ask according to his will so that God is glorified. So it means that Jesus will endorse it if he is the one who wrote it. Otherwise, it's called fraud. (laughs) If you sign Jesus' name onto something that he did not authorize, it is right. You can go to jail for that, right? You don't sign Christ's name onto your own selfish prayers. You pray according to the will of God. And if it's the will of God, Jesus is obligated to do it because he will sign his name. And anything Jesus signs, hell can't stop. Oh, glory to God. Anything that Jesus endorses, the devil can't cancel. It's as good as done. So when you pray, Lord, not my will, but your will. If it's your will for me to get this job, Jesus, let it be done. So stop being angry and mad because you got passed up on a promotion. The Lord said, I didn't sign that. I didn't authorize that. I got something better for you. Stop being discouraged because this didn't happen and that didn't happen. The Lord said, listen, I didn't authorize that. Listen, if you need fish, I'm not going to give you a snake. If you need bread, I'm not going to give you a stone. If you need bread, I'm going to give you bread. If you need fish, I'm going to give you fish because I know what you need. If an evil father knows how to give to his son, what about our good father? I'm glad God didn't give me everything I asked him for. I wouldn't be here today if he did. You probably wouldn't be here today. 
Some of you be in North Dakota somewhere. <laughs> Wondering how did I get here? Because you forged Jesus' name and you went on in your own thing. All right? So ask according to the will of God and it will be done. John 14 says that the Father be glorified. We ask in Jesus' name that the Father be glorified. Those are our motives. Our motives in asking is that God be glorified. Okay? Not that we be lauded or lifted up. That he be lifted up. That Jesus' name will bring glory to God. So it's okay to ask. Just make sure you're asking in the right, with the right motives. All right? You got that? Okay. Seek and you shall find. He's persistent, he's persistent. I'm asking, you got to seek. Now, seeking is interesting because seeking is different than looking. Okay? I'm a looker. My wife is a seeker. Now, when I say looking, I, I'm a looker, I don't mean I'm looking at other people. Okay? Don't, don't, don't leave us at, ooh, pastor, he's a looker. <laughs> I thought he was happily married. He's looking. No, that's not, what, that's not what I mean. Okay? I'm a looker, meaning I'm very surface about things. Like, example, my wife's a seeker. My wife would say, honey, will you bring me the cooking oil? It's in the pantry. I go to the pantry. Open it up. Honey, we don't have any cooking oil. <laughs> yes, we do. I just bought some from the grocery store. And I put it in the pantry. I go look again. You must have left it in the car or left it at the grocery store. We don't have any cooking oil. She says, okay, let me go. She opens it. She moves the box out the way, moves the flour out the way, and bing, behind it is cooking oil. Right? The difference is I looked for it, which, mean, which meant I didn't move anything. I wanted the cooking oil to appear right there. <laughs> I wanted it to dry. I wanted it to, to pop out at me so I could say, we have it. I didn't move. She sought for it. She was seeking for it, which means she moved obstacles out of the way. Hallelujah. You see, when you seek God, you got to move some obstacles out of your way. You can't just be good enough or say it's good enough because you don't see it and say, oh, it's not there. You say, but if I move this doubt out of the way, if I move this out of the way, and bing, there's my blessing. It's there just like she said. So seek God and you will find. But you got to maneuver some things in your life. You can't just expect it to boom, be there. Now, there are some things that might fall in our laps. You know, I've had jobs fall in my lap, you know, things like that. Yeah, but in life, you can't just look for things. You've got to seek. And he says, you will find. If I would have sought for that oil, I would have found it. Right? But I was too, whatever. <laughs> but I didn't want to move things out of the way. She knew it was there. And you ask God. And you believe and have faith because the Lord led you to ask. You got to know that what he says is there. You might not see it, but it's there. Maneuver. Get it out the way. Obstacles out of the way. You'll find it. Be persistent. Seek. And you will find. 
Knock, and it will be open. Knock. You don't walk up to the door and just stand there. <laughs> I wish they'd answer the door. They don't know you're there. You just walk up to the eye hole and, and stand there. They don't know. If you knock, it gets their attention. Then they know somebody's at the door. See, we don't knock. We don't knock. We just expect things to happen and say, I'm here. I've showed up. You got to knock. Get the attention. What gets God's attention? Faith. Honesty. Loyalty. Humility. Gets God's attention. You're knocking. And the door will be open. I used to have a job where I had to go and visit um, parents of kids in school and and the parents didn't like me coming to visit them, you know, because they didn't want to talk to a school person. And I go, and I see the car in the driveway. And I go, and I knock on the door. No one's coming. I knock again. And I always did this. I always look at the windows because I'd see a blind go up like this. <laughs> and then they go back down. Ah, I know you're home. You just gave it away. And I keep knocking until it gets on their nerves. And they finally come to the door, and I say, oh, I didn't hear you. Yeah. Yes, you did, because you opened the blind. See who it was. <laughs> Persistent. God wants us to keep knocking, okay? Asking to be given. Seek, you will find. Knock, and he will open the door of opportunity of your blessings. God will open up the door. This is what Jesus is teaching his disciples. That things aren't going to happen Simple and easy the way you always want them to. But if you're persistent in faith, if you're persistent in believing and trusting, God will bring it to pass according to his will, not your will. It's important to remember that. According to his will, not your will. Okay? He will give you what you want. If you need bread, he'll he'll give you bread. If you need fish, he'll give you fish and not a snake. Okay? So expect God to give you what you need. It's interesting Jesus used the bread and stone because that not that what Satan told Jesus to turn stone into bread? <laughs> if you're hungry, Jesus, turn that stone into bread and chow down. Eat it up. No. Jesus didn't say it. it's not. It's not that he couldn't do it. It's not that he didn't want to do it. It's that he wasn't going to obey the devil. Yeah. Anyway, that's a side lesson. That one's free. <laughs> our, next, our next principle is the principle of reciprocity. Reciprocal. The golden rule. We all know, have heard the golden rule sometime in our life. Do unto others. Whatever you said. As you. Let me reciprocate. Do unto others as you want others to do unto you. The golden rule. This is reciprocal. Okay? If you want love, give love. If you want respect, give respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yes. Okay? If you want respect, you got to give it. If you want people to honor who you are, give honor. You will reap what you sow. If you sow thorns, guess what you're going to reap? Thorns. If you're an unfair person, people are going to be unfair to you. If you're a manipulator, 
then you're going to be manipulated. Or at least people are going to attempt to manipulate you. Okay? Jesus said, do unto others as you want others to do unto you. This is what he says. He finishes, says, in everything. So in everything, everything, not just some things, but in everything. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. This sums up the law and the prophets. This is what Moses taught in the law. This is what the prophets spoke. Okay? If we do unto others. Jesus said, and we have to go beyond. If they want us to go a mile, you go an extra mile. Okay? They want your coat, give them your cloak. Give them everything. Okay? He talked about turn the other cheek. Do unto others because, listen, if the, Jesus said we have to be greater, better than the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they are good to each other. They do good to each other. Even the evil one, even the enemy will treat his, his um, allies, you know, good. But we have to go beyond that. We have to treat our enemies just like our neighbors. We have to love them, right? We have to love our neighbors as ourselves. We got to treat our enemies um, just, as, just as well. We can't, because they're enemy, we can't treat them bad and think that's an excuse. Because I'm a Christian, you know, I could treat people, if they're not lined up with my beliefs, I could treat them any way I want to. That's not what Jesus says. Okay? You have to still respect them. When he says don't cast your, um, don't give what's sacred to the dogs and don't cast your pearls before swine, listen, dogs were not pets then. Okay, they weren't pets. They weren't things that people went up and said, oh, listen, now you cute, cute doggy. These were wild, savage beasts. Pigs were unclean. Dogs were considered unclean then. And what he's saying is don't give what's sacred or what is good, your pearls, your precious pearls, to those things which are savages. So what Jesus is saying, don't waste time on giving the good news to someone who is not going to accept it. Meaning who's going to degrade it, who's going to defame it, who's going to put it down, say, listen, I don't want, you know, Jesus said, keep moving. Just keep on moving because there'll be someone who's going to hear you. Remember what he told the disciples? If they don't receive it, shake the dust off your feet and move to the next town. We spend too much time trying to debate with people and argue with people, just casting our pearls and giving what's sacred to the dog. Listen, I don't want to hear what you got to say. I don't believe in this Jesus Christ. I don't want to hear the gospel. The church is a mess. God doesn't exist. No, no, no. And you're still trying to preach to him. But yeah, but this, but this, but this. God said, stop it and move on. Because who ends up getting frustrated? You do, because they're trampling on your pearls. And then says they will turn around and then will tear you to pieces. Who wants that? Now I know you say, "Oh no, we we gotta we gotta we gotta give everybody the word." We we do. Everybody has a chance, but maybe you're not that vessel. Maybe it's gonna be a different vessel that they're going to hear. But you want to win this debate. You want to win this argument. You want to you this atheist. I'm gonna bring. They're gonna change their life. Oh, I tried to minister to an atheist in my early, early years of being a Christian, and that atheist ran me all around the Bible. The atheist told me to turn to Malachi. I was like, where is Malachi? <laughs> and I pretend like I was talking about other things while I was searching for it. And people have their mind made up. Again, don't, don't leave here thinking that pastor's saying, 
stop preaching to people and stop witnessing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you know someone is not accepted, just like the Pharisees and said, they didn't want it. They, they were stuck on the laws of Moses. They didn't want the law of grace. They didn't believe in the law of grace. Do you think, how many times do you see Jesus taking time to really preach to the Pharisees? He spoke parables so that they wouldn't see it, but that those who believe would see it. You got to know when to take your pearls and that which is sacred and move to the next thing. It's not about winning arguments. It's not about winning debates. It's about living the life of Christ. Our responsibility is just to give the word or to water the word, plant it or water it. But who gives the increase? God gives the increase. So it's not up to you. You don't save anybody. You couldn't even save yourself. I couldn't even save myself. God saves. Right? So don't cast your pearls before swine. And don't give what is sacred to the dogs. And will we all agree here that God's word is sacred? That God's word is precious? And God's word is nothing to be played with or to take in lightly? His word is powerful. His word transforms, changes our lives. It has changed mine. And so we see that we should always do good to all. It was written in the word and it was spoken by the prophets and Jesus taught it. And when we know that God's word takes a place in our lives and takes authority in our lives, we know then when we have self-examined ourselves and we have been persistent and we live as Christ told us to live with golden rule, then we know that we stand in a place that we can judge right from wrong. But judgment is never meant to condemn. Paul said there is now no condemnation. No more. Judgment is not to condemn. It's not out of bitterness. It's not out of condescending. It's not out of making people feel condemned and dirty and bad. Judgment is about conviction. And conviction leads to repentance. And repentance leads to a turn in your life. I used to always say my life took a 360-degree turn. No, because if it was 360, that means I'd turn around and I'd be right back in the same place. <laughs> but it took a 180-degree turn because it means I'm heading in another direction. Repentance means to turn. And that's what conviction, when we judge, it should be restorative, not punitive. Okay? We are not punitive judges. We are judges of restorative justice or restoration. We want to restore people who have fallen because I will be in that place once. And I want someone to do me. But if I do to them, not in a good way, then it's going to be done to me. If I don't get the plank out of my eye. I'm not going to do them any good. Whatever measure I measure for them, it's going to be measured to me. So only do it when you have been brought to conviction, repentance, and the plank is out, and you stand in a place where you can be true and honest with God and say, Lord, I'm not perfect, but I want to help someone along the way. I have my issues and my problems, but, Lord, I'm honest with you. You're working on me. 
I'm not, I'm not fully developed. I'm still developing. I'm still growing as a Christian. But God can use that instead of if I'm tucking stuff away and I'm hiding. And say, I don't want them to know that I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm good on, at church. But tomorrow, who I can't wait to have a good time. And you're not being honest. You can't help anyone that way. You hurt them, not help them. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today, this morning, maybe you stand in a place, and you're, you're challenged today, really, is, Lord, I need to self-examine myself. I thought I was something, but, Lord, I really need to look in the mirror and see how I'm, how I'm dressed myself. Hmm? They say doctors make the worst patients. I don't know if it's true. Any doctors in here? I don't know if it's true. I just understand what they say. But how would you like to go to a dentist who's, you know, cleaning your teeth, talking about, ooh, look at all these cavities, and their teeth are just jacked up. <laughs> they got three teeth. <laughs> two in their mouth and one in their pocket. <laughs> how would you feel? You wouldn't feel too good going to that dentist, would you? You know? You know, oh, oh, you got to get these cavities because, you know, it's causing bad breath. And you can't, you holding your breath while dinner. <laughs> you wouldn't feel too good. So self-examine. Let God fix you up to the place where you can be a help to somebody and not a hindrance. So I want to pray today, this morning. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're standing in a place. And really, your life, you're surrounded by people that you could be a help and a light to. But maybe you haven't self-examined yourself. The word of God deals with sin. And it tells us that the problem of sin is that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right? We all have sinned. The penalty for sin is that the wages of sin is, is death. Hmm? But the payment for sin is Romans 6, 8. God commended 5 and 8. Romans 6 and 8, 5 and 8. God commended his love toward us 5 and 8 while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. So that's the, pay, that's the payment. Christ died for us. And then he makes us a promise. He says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he makes it that simple for us. So sin doesn't have power over us. God has power. And we want to give our hearts to God. We want to stand correct and stand right before God. We're righteous through him. So this morning you want to pray. Maybe you pray this for the first time. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. But we don't want you to leave here this morning without being a follower of Jesus Christ, making a decision to follow him, or making a decision to restore your relationship with him. So let us bow our heads and pray. Just repeat these words if you desire. Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life today through grace by faith I am saved a follower of Jesus Christ in Jesus name